0: You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valves, exacerbating my inevitable woes. I want to take my brain out. No? Blast with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill. All my ailments, the health equivalent of citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed, then I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve!
1: No. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine wackos at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott.
2: Hey, Dr. Steve.
1: And the undisputed king of all media, radio, TV, the stage. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Cliff Andrews, everyone. (laughs) Hello, Dr. Steve. (laughs) 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 Hello, Cliff. Uh, welcome back. Cliff used to be our intern. He's been our friend for quite some time since. Um, what was the date of that? March eleventh, seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. No, when uh, I was Cliff about. almost walked away with the funniest person the Tri Cities award and should have won the whole thing, in my opinion. Yeah.
3: It is Still, what it, is. <laughs> it is just what it
1: is. That's right. Well, we had one guy that padded the uh, padded the voting, and they cheated, and uh, you know, with the, Well, I'm not going to say that, but I think they may have voted a few more times than they were supposed to. Everyone was supposed to get four votes. Mm. I'm not so sure that that was adhered to completely. <laughs> <Right. laughs> he got ripped off. But, but anyway, here we are. So without that, you, we wouldn't be sitting here with you sure. today. Right. We really enjoy your company. Um, this is a show for people who had never listened to a medical show on uh, the radio or on the Internet. If you've got a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call. 347-766-4323. That's 347 Poohhead. Uh, visit us uh, or follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or Lady Diagnosis or DR Scott WM or uh, WM the Intern. He's going to be rebranding, so we'll let you know what Cliff's uh, uh, Twitter is later because he's hopefully going to be a little bit more regular. Yes. Um, and- Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy, or go to our new merchandise store, at cafepress.com slash medicine. Most importantly, we're not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on the show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, um, what else, uh, a chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. So if anyone's emails me and says, hey, well, how come you don't mention X uh, profession in, uh, you know, career in medicine Then I always tag it on? And then I got corrected about the whole um, uh, physician assistant thing. I used to call them physicians assistants, but that's not right because they're not owned or, you know, they are physician assistants. Mm. I'm not still trying to dope that in, in my head how that works. Are they a physician who is an assistant? Or they are, are they an assistant to a physician, which yeah. is what I thought that was for. And um or originally thought that, you know, it's some so you know the origin of that mm-hmm. call in. I mean, we'll we'll give it thirty seconds anyway. Uh, I'm just sort of interested in that and how they look at it. Um we used to have two PAs on here. I said physician's assistant for what many years, eight down. years yeah. that yeah. PA John was on the show and never once <laughs> said anything about it. But of course, you know. he wasn't paying attention, <laughs> he either. wasn't paying attention. That's right, that's true. That's yeah. the difference. The listeners actually pay attention, they're actually listening. Yeah. That's why we call them listeners, that's Dr. Right. Scott. That's right. All right, um, don't forget uh, The uh, The Christmas holiday is over, but there may be other holidays that uh, you need to purchase things for. Stuff.drsteve.com is the place to go on the Internet to do that. You can scroll down and get all the weird medicine stuff. You have a family member with neuropathy. Well, that's one heck of a Christmas or, you know, a holiday gift. Well, here's your neuropathy supplements, Uncle Joe. Um, Or if you've got a clogged-up nose, you can buy a Navage, all kinds of things. Everything that we talk about on the show ends up on there. Uh, and then, or you can just click straight through to go to Amazon and, you know, even if you don't want something that's off the website, if you will do that, that still helps to keep our network on the air, uh, it helps significantly. So go to stuff.drsteve.com, tweakedaudio.com. So the, um, earbuds that you got in your, uh, Hanukkah, uh, you know, day seven, um, I've already broken, go to tweakedaudio.com and use offer code FLUID. You get 33% off the best earbuds on the pro- on the market and the best customer service, bar none, anywhere in the world. And that's a Tennessee company. Nice. So uh, we like them. Uh, check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. Click. Clip, you got anything that on, online at this point that people should look at? I have a website that's in development.
4: <laughs> okay. um, But, uh, yeah, it's not quite there yet. Okay. If
1: you're not ready to promote it yet, that's fine. We'll get it next time. If you want to lose weight with me, I am uh, uh, basically at my ideal body weight at this point. My BMI is below the overweight for the first time since I left college. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. I'll give myself one of these. Uh Uh-oh. Bill? (laughs) Bill?
0: Give yourself a bill.
1: And uh, one of these. There you go. Thank you. Um... Uh, go to noom dot dot com, which I attribute um, all of my success in weight loss to. Noom n o o m dot Steve dot com. And look, I'm almost sixty five, but I I'll still have people, uh, usually of the opposite gender, mm-hmm. who uh, come up to me and say, "Damn, you look good. What are you doing?" You yeah. know, and that's when you're my age, you don't get that very often. Yeah. So what they're really saying, relatively speaking, you look good for you for that for that <laughs> yeah. age, yes. They're not saying you. Oh, you look good for me. I gotta <laughs> have it. Some. Bad. They're not saying that. But that's okay. I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. Uh, if you're lazy like me, and you got a couple extra bucks, really, um, I mean, it's just really a couple extra bucks when you talk about not. Um, uh, going to the grocery store? Uh, go to freshly.drsteve.com. Uh They deliver fresh prepared meals that make eating right super easy. You can use my link at freshly.drsteve.com. There's no e in that, except well, yes, there is. There's only one e in that, in the obvious place. You can I use my link to get six dinners for thirty nine dollars for two weeks. That's twenty bucks off each week. You try it. If you don't like it, hell with it. Right. But if you do like it, you can continue. We get uh, my wife and I get six meals. Uh, a week so that's you know three nights and we really like it and like last week uh the delivery was late and we had to trash it mm-hmm. because of uh snow in the midwest or something like that they couldn't deliver it and we were kind of bummed mm-hmm. but on top of that i had to cook yeah. you know <laughs> i actually like cooking but it's kind of you know on monday you come home we pop the freshly in yep. and uh it's really quite good and uh, give it a try and let me know what you think. Freshly.drsteve.com. And uh, we're going to work out a deal with SwissTracks.com. That's SwissTracks.com. Uh, Scott's seen my garage. The Cliff hadn't seen it yet. That's it's awesome. unbelievable. Just scary. go to yeah. SwissT.R.A.X.com and look at what they've got. And if you go through me, uh, we haven't worked out exactly how to do this yet, but we can get you a deal because I was so excited when I put this down. I said, dude, I... have you know, I don't, I don't want to sound like Alex Jones. Oh,
5: uh, my listeners, have, you know, yeah, whatever. <laughs> now,
1: seriously, I thought my listeners would really get a kick out of this. If you've been thinking of epoxying your garage floor, this is unbelievable. It's these plastic tiles that are... Um, um, uh, just go look at it. And it'll it. save it, you a shit
2: ton of work.
1: Yeah, it was the
2: easiest epo- thing in the world. Doing the epoxy to a garage,
1: cleaning it, oh, and then then acid the first time, washing it, and then blah, and blah, And then the blah, first time blah, in the yeah. winter you drive in there and you got snow and ice Slicker, in your car, it ruins blah, blah. it. Mm. So this is unruinable.
5: Yes.
1: And if you do, for whatever reason, ruin one, uh, you just pop it up and put, put another one in. Mm-hmm. So they give you enough spares to do that. So, yeah, it's cool. SwissTracks.com. Email me if you're interested in it. I'll refer you. And uh, uh, they'll, I, th- I think what they promised was 25% off. We'll see. That's I can't guarantee We're still working on this. Right. So. But it's cool shit. I just thought it was cool. That's no. the only reason I want to get my, you know, if I find something cool that I think the listeners aren't aware of, I'm going to throw it at them. If I, yeah, if I can make a couple bucks at the same time, that's fine. But mm-hmm. it really on this one, it's just like, I'm, I want other people to see this. It's yeah. neat. But anyway, all right. So um, let's see. What have we got? I had a news story. You got a news story, Scott? Did you have one? No.
2: Okay. I don't like, it. I do I actually do. There was one talking about real quick about, um, um, Guys who uh, are um, um, long overwork and how, how their blood pressure rises and how the detrimental um, uh, long term health effects. It's just. Yeah, you know,
1: no, I'm going to die early. Yeah. And all it is is. Physicians it, it, die early. Well, they do. You, know, yeah, we a have few, a, you go through, um, if you do one of those in depth, um, when are you going to die things. It's like they'll ask you um, all these questions. No, I don't have high blood pressure. My cholesterol is normal. Oh, you're doing good. You know, you see it going up, and then the last question is, "What's your occupation?" Well, DL- if you say choices, MD yeah. or DO, DL- it just <laughs> drops.
2: Well, up.
4: I guess fuck those yeah. other questions. Stress. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. It's all
2: stress. Yeah. it's all stress. Yes. And that, I was just reading on that just just between the uh, break there, on how um you know of the silent killer is the blood pressure, and you know even yeah. but i I'm not so sure that. Even even though my blood pressure is pretty normal and your blood pressure is pretty normal, I'm pretty sure the stress is still there. Oh yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. I don't. The blood pressure is just one part of the pie.
1: It there, may be so. a mar- Well, it's a marker, but it also is a cause. Sure. To- sure. Oh, of course it is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of course. But, but uh, yeah, stress is definitely a mind killer, and it may it's it's a body killer as well. Mm-hmm. So we need to figure out ways to lead a more stress free life and nice. I'll tell you yesterday I about had it. I almost walked out oh, shit yeah, it's just good. it's just too much, yep. just hey. too much going on, and being just a from bunch all of transitions, sides. yeah, from transitions political stuff, yes, mm, yeah. Administrative stuff. Building stuff. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. We have a lot of this You get shit. it
4: from all sides. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Huh. And the yeah. problem is our
2: building's the same, and they're reconfiguring our building again. Oh, Jesus. So there's more construction. There's yeah. Much frustration. Yeah. Much frustration. But anyway. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe it. So yeah,
1: that, so that, was, my, that was my one my one. So let's talk addition. about things we can do to yeah. minimize our stress. Number one. Yoga yeah. is one. Well, man start with the... Uh, Let's start Utah, with one. you're the anti-stress well, guy. And I was going to say, first of Go all... Go to Dr. I, Scott's uh, website um, and get stress less. Yes, get some stress less. But did, I, did you honestly, change the
2: name of your stuff? To- yeah, it's because that piece of shit down in oh. Atlanta w- w- was wanting to sue me because he said he owns the word stress less. <laughs> He's a fucking So fuck now you guy. call it less stress? Yeah, I just call it less stress. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, hey. Well, I'm not going to tell you what I was going to call it. I was going to say fuck blankety blank Yeah, on the website. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but I was gonna think yeah, yeah, it must, yeah. the marketing yeah, would have yeah, been a little yeah, weird yeah, on that one. But anyway, right? Mm. But, 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 but you're I'm, just going to let it go. Oh, I did. Yeah, I don't give two shits. But you know, honestly, yeah, you actually, can tell you don't care. Well, but but you know, the key is, in all seriousness, <laughs> to, to, to for the stress, identify the causes first. Yep. Identify your cause. What's your stress levels? If it's your job or your or your diet or your. Um, lifestyle or whatever it is all of the above as, yeah all of the above as, and then start working on it. i will tell you what i've done recently since we have the new puppy is i'll go i'll go walking every day and that's been a huge difference yeah. i forgot how much i need to exercise some yeah. a little yeah. bit, it. just low low impact exercise and if you can't walk you learn to breathe, and you do yoga, and you don't have to be in been, been like a pretzel to do yoga.
1: There's sitting yoga, yeah. there's floor yoga,
2: there's all. Well, kinds they say of
1: that even if you can't attain those poses, that you get the same benefit, Absolutely. maybe even more than the people that are sitting there that can take their knee and put it next to their ear because they're trying. They're trying. Yeah, because they're not the at that point. They're not even trying. Right. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. They just look cool.
2: Yeah, you've got to. And I I, I counsel people every day. You know, the, the the biggest mistake you make when you're when you're attempting to work on your stuff levels as you try to fix things you try to relax you try to breathe if you're trying to breathe unless and less as we're talking about on on the other like we're going to we'll talk about later maybe the um the uh, square breathing Mm -hmm. the um um, if you're trying to breathe, that's the only kind of breathing you need to do because you're trying to accomplish a balance in your right. oxygen and your CO2. Well, if you're trying to but attain trying enlightenment, to, you ain't gonna get it. You can't get there. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to relax, yeah. you're not gonna relax. <laughs> it has right. to just happen. Uh, that's you right. Have, you have to just let it be, and you have to trust yeah. yourself. So, and that's that's one thing I preach to people every day. And
1: well, being mindful too, it. you know, uh, that word gets thrown a- around, but if you're in, literally in the present, mm-hmm. then the future and the past can't affect you. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched a you know this guru talking about um, people that are worried about things that happened in the past. You know, it's stuff they can't do anything about now. Yeah. And then things that are going to happen in the future, they haven't happened yet. Mm-hmm. So you're either worried about something that you can't do anything about, or you're worried about something that hasn't happened. And when you do that, you're not experiencing the now. Yeah. And it's almost a form of insanity. Mm-hmm. Because you're worried about it doesn't make any sense. You know, about shit that may not even happen. It's like, you know, future. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. it's just as crazy as worrying that the sky is blue, but your favorite color is purple, you know, yeah. and you want a mm-hmm. purple. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. So don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Acceptance. You don't have to like it. You don't have to love it. You have to
2: accept right. it. Just yeah. accept the fact that things are fucked up sometimes. Yeah. And you just have to accept it.
1: Yeah. You don't like it. My uh, my shrink, and I guess he got this from a 12-step program. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, if you've got one foot in the past and one foot in the future, you're in a perfect position to shit on the present.
4: (laughs) I was going to say to lose your nuts or to or to to have a split. But you are. You're in a perfect position to just take a dump
1: right on the present. I've never thought of that. That's amazing. (laughs) And the other thing that he said to me once um, and I made it into a plaque was I will not should on myself today. You know, in other words, not say I should, but woulda, shoulda, coulda. That stuff kills you. Terrible. You know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. You know, we shoulda done this. I coulda done that. You know, whatever, dude. Just learn and move. Either
2: fucking do it or don't do it. But
1: keep moving forward. Find to learn from a mistake. Yeah, yeah. 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 Keep moving forward. So, uh, yeah, Cliff, it's been like a year, man. It has been a little while. I've And uh, Cliff, for those that have been around for a while, was uh, our
4: intern for a while. And
1: uh, did you get? Did you finally get your degree?
4: I got my degree actually last Saturday. Oh, is that right? Way to go, yeah. man. Finished it up.
1: <laughs> Way to <it> go. <laughs> Thank you. And one of those credits was for sitting in here talking about dicks and <laughs> smelly vaginas and stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, no. <laughs> I know. 2019. I thought it was for doing all of Dr. Steve's work there. That was it? a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> He did do uh, some work. Uh, one one of the projects for the interns is to do a best of. Right. I think you did two of them. I did. You? Yeah. 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 So it's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah that's a, an opportunity to get on the air and uh, be, you know, the focus of attention mm-hmm. in between the, the bits on satellite radio, which is nothing to sneeze at. And then also, I don't have to do a show that week. So it's a win-win for everybody, yeah. except maybe the listeners. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, don't forget to check out uh, Dr. Scott's website at simply That's simply dot net. And uh check us out at uh, drsteve.com and uh, listen to our podcast, wherever podcasts are heard. And uh Cliff, you um you still have um Twitter, yes? I do.
4: Um I'm gonna be doing some rebranding though, so uh you're gonna change your name then gonna... so we won't talk about it. Yeah, now. yeah. yeah. Not okay. Yet. That's fine. All right. So uh I had a couple of medical stories
1: for us to uh, go through today and one of them is just absolutely horrific mm. so i'll do that one first uh, this is uh from uh, india today a 59 year old man lost his testicles in the most excruciating manner possible after he contracted a rare form of salmonella during a tunisian holiday oh well, no that's not funny she shouldn't be like that, you know. <laughs> oh, goodness Uh, so, um, a type of food poisoning caused by an infection due to salmonella bacterium. This person was admitted to a local hospital due to severe pain in his testicles. When he returned to the United Kingdom, he fell so sick he could not eat properly for weeks. And to quote the person, uh, he says, I woke up at 5 AM with the most excruciating pain in my left testicle. I could barely move. And I was in tears from the agony, uh, before his testicles exploded, David was admitted to a hospital again after he complained of immense pain. A way to give away this ending of this story. According to David, uh, his testicles grew so much he had to carry them around in his hands. I was in for 10 days and the pressure continued to grow. It got so big I needed to carry it around in my hands. It was the size of a grapefruit. I can't even begin to explain the pain I was in. The temperature was off the scale. He also suffered diarrhea and puking. Wow, this is some some or some um, journalistic uh, uh, language he suffered diarrhea and puking however he was later sent home by the doctors despite his critical condition oh come on uh. mm. oh
0: well there's your socialized health care for <laughs> you
1: yep. uh, the, the doctor who attended to david uh said that she'd never seen anything like it in her 20-year career So send him home. But go
4: home anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is. He says, I got in the bath and it just exploded. It literally went bang and that was it. When the doctor saw it later, she said it was like a volcano exploding. (laughs) David added. Oh, wait, wait. that's, That's the wrong music. Hang on just a second. Where is my? Oh, here we go.
5: There
1: you go. David added. It was leaking so much I had to get one of my grandchildren's nappies and put it around it to stop the flow. There was no embarrassment at that point as I just wanted the pain to go away. When it happened, I felt like a weight had literally been lifted from me as I suppose it had. It was almost a relief that my testicles exploded. Sounds like oh sounds like a really
4: intense orgasm. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: really? you really yeah. want to get off. Ta- talk about bust a nut. <laughs> well, okay, all right. All right. That
4: was all, that's what this was all for. That's what this was all for.
1: Well, it should have been if I. If I was actually a funny person, I would have thought of that before just now. But oh, anyway. That's why you are funny. Yeah, there you go. Whatever. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> You're the funny one. Nah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, they don't explain anything of how the, t- the salmonella got into his testicles. Uh, Scott, you may want to look and see if you can find <clears throat> uh, exploding testicle um, salmonella and see if there's something a little bit more in-depth about this. Okay. I didn't. I try not to read these uh two um, two in f- up front, uh, testicle. I mean, I'm just gonna put it in too. because I mean, salmonella. That's like you know from un- undercooked meat. Is that yeah, correct? that's right. I mean, it's you can get it from uh, chicken, particularly. Um, uh, that's why they recommend not rinsing chicken in the sink. You know, when you get it, don't rinse it; just cook it. Because when you rinse it, it sprays salmonella oh. everywhere. And they oh. they did a, a, a study. Well, it was a few years back that showed that almost all the raw poultry in this country has salmonella on its surface. doesn't mean it's always going to cause illness, right? but, um, you know, it's there. And so let's talk a little bit about food safety. When you uh, cook chicken, if you're not going to use a sous vide, which is a a different thing. We're going to even talk about sous vide for a minute. But uh, we always want to cook it to 160 degree uh, internal temperature. You need if you're going to be cooking a lot of chicken buying a food thermometer a decent food thermometer is a smart thing to do mm. and uh, you just uh, plunge that thing into the meatiest part of the um, uh, of the the bird and avoid the bone if it 's touching the bone it'll give you an erroneous answer and um, and it needs to read at least one sixty before you eat it and you don't want to eat chicken that's sat at room temperature for any length of time. Mm. Even after it's cooked, well, after it's cooked, it's it's better. But even then, you know, uh, uh, you know, the food at room temperature, the things that you really can't leave out are things like chicken, mm. you know, because they, you know, and there's bacteria floating around in the sky too, and right. um, you know, I got Bacillus cereus from uh, room temperature sushi rice, you know, oh, rice wow. that sat around too long, so. Uh, no cu- after you've cooked it it's better but you still need to refrigerate it and it shouldn't say stay at room temperature for very long and there's actually you can Scott you might want to look that up um, there's rules for chefs for food safety for how long you can leave certain things out before you have to throw them away okay. and it all has to do with once they've attained room temperature how long do they sit there before you put it away and uh, I don't want to uh, say specifically because I can never remember those things I always have to look it up the chef's all know this. That's why, you know, we have one of the fa- safest food supplies in the world, because, um, you know, the USDA is pretty good at that, and our our chefs are uh, well-trained in uh, food safety. But anyway, uh, if you uh, touch the raw chicken with your hands, which is almost impossible not to do, then any... Uh, as soon as you're, you've put it in the pot, before you touch anything else, you've got to wash your hands. Mm. Because now, anything you touch is going to have salmonella on it. Jesus. And if you lay it on the counter and then you pick it up, the ca- that counter now has salmonella on it. You put something else on there, like, you know, you're cutting up carrots or something. Or your bread or something. Or whatever, right. you know, now you've got salmonella over wow. that. So you need to clean that up. And I, I like the Clorox cleanup for that because it's, uh, you know, the um, sodium hypochlorite in the Clorox is um, oxidizing and uh, it will kill the bacteria. That's just scary. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it, we should respect it. You know, this, I'm, in no way am I saying don't cook chicken unless you, you know, if you want to be a vegetarian, that's fine. Mm. But um, if you're going to, you got to be safe about it. And people do get sick every year from uh, mishandling food. Did you find anything, Scott? Yeah, real quickly. They
2: just say there's a... They call it the danger zone. It's between 40 degrees Fahrenheit and 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. If it's somewhere in, below that or above that, as far as keeping your food safe, that's what's well, refrigerated or cooked, right? Yeah. They give you a time. Yeah. Well... Like
1: it, the ones I've seen
2: say, you know, well, 30 minutes at this. Well, that that doesn't... This doesn't say it specifically, but it says if you're... Usually two hour, it's a two-hour rule, but... If it's 90 degrees or above, like if you're in a, a warm environment, like a, a hot summer day having yeah. a cookout or a so kitchen, they said less, yeah,
1: less than an hour. So no. no, no, no greater than an hour. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at this that says you can safely leave cooked chicken out at room temperature for two hours or one hour if the temperature is above 90. I, mean, I'm, I guess I'm looking at the same website.
4: This is just, That's from the USDA. It's scary. It's scary. Relevant because there's been a you know a recent chicken sandwich craze. I won't name any brands, but mm-hmm. like, you just think like, you I want to try that so bad. <laughs> well, I mean, you risk your balls risk exploding your life, if you yeah. do. Yeah, your balls might blow up if you. That's right. <laughs> I'll have two, please, and take me to the emergency room afterwards, please. Thank you. Yes.
1: Well, I, I found a thing from uh, Medical Principles of Practice. This is a journal uh, to, uh, from 20, 2006, and they reported a relatively uncommon presentation of epididymo orchitis, which is what this guy had. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's break it down. He had orchitis. He had an infection of the testicles. That's mm-hmm. what that's called. So if you get mumps when you are um, uh, an adult, male... You'll get parotiditis, which is enlargement and inflammation of the parotid gland, which is the, you know, the glands on the side. That's why they get those big, giant cheeks. Mm. And they will also get orchitis or inflammation of the uh, testicles. Mm. And it does the same thing. They'll swell up. So anytime you see an inflamed, swollen testicle, we will call that orchitis. And uh, epididymo orchitis, that's just the full te- testicle, including the epididymis. Which uh, I'm sure everybody that's listened to this show for any period of time knows the epididymis is that fleshy kind of bunch of microtubules on the upper backside of the testicle when you're examining your testicles uh, that uh, where sperm matures Mm. after it's created by the testes. So uh, reporter, So now we've got the jargon right. To report a relatively uncommon presentation of epididymoorchitis and testicular abscess, which is what this guy had. That's why it exploded like a volcano, <clears throat> because it wasn't the testicular tissue. He had an abscess in there.
4: Mm-hmm. I see.
1: Okay. Caused by salmonella species in two immunocompromised patients. So both of these patients were somewhat imm- immunocompromised. Now, that uh, that guy uh, could have been immunocompromised. Low immune system for a lot of different reasons. We induce low immune systems in people when we give them things like Enbrel. You see the commercials for psoriasis and Mm. stuff. And uh, what you're really doing is depressing their immune system. People who have had uh, transplants, we have to suppress their immune system so that uh, they don't reject the organ. But then they are more um, uh, prone to stuff like this. Wow. So um, hang on a second. I've got to hit the cough button sorry um so here you go a 56 year old man a known case of systemic lupus erythematosus on azathioprine so this guy had lupus uh, which is a rheumatologic disease done we don't have to go into what lupus is um but uh you know it causes facial rash and uh, sore joints and other things it's sometimes kidney failure and azathioprine. So azathioprine is uh, Imuran, which is a, an immune suppressant. Okay. Makes sense. He's got an autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. His immune system's going crazy. They give him a mild immunosuppressant. And he was also on pred- prednisone, which is a steroid, which also can, you know, depress your immune
4: system. Oh, wow. It's a stress so hormone. He didn't stand a chance. So he had a double dose. Yeah.
1: He developed a urinary tract infection followed by bacteremia, meaning that, the, you know, the bacteria got into his bloodstream. And epididy- Epididymo orchitis. So all of a sudden, he's in the hospital. They've done the blood cultures, and they come back positive for, I guess, salmonella. We haven't got to that part. They're keeping us in suspense. And uh, then all of a sudden, the, they walk in, and the guy says, hey, my nuts are swelling up. That's basically how this went down. Both urine and blood cultures yielded salmonella enteritidis strains, which is just a strain of salmonella. Which were, uh, and one of the, oh, by the way, the interesting strain of salmonella is salmonella typhi, which, you know, causes typhoid fever. Oh, there? wow. yep yeah. Okay, which were demonstrated by pulsed field gel electrophoresis, typing method, blah, blah, blah. Oh, what they were doing was they did a genetic analysis to show that what was in his urine and in his blood were identical, which I don't know that they needed to do that. I mm. wouldn't I would have assumed they would have been. The second patient, a 55-year-old diabetic, diabetics have their own issues with their immune system presented with testicular abscess from which a pure culture of salmonella enteritidis was obtained. Both were treated with intravenous uh, pipericillin, which is a uh, and amikacin. Uh, This is a very potent combination of antibiotics followed by oral ciprofloxacin. Oh, geez. Which is another different class. They really loaded them up. They responded well to the therapeutic regimen, were discharged home well. So our case you know who knows what happened to him yeah. he didn't get this good outcome you know his yeah. abscess got so large that it just exploded and um yeah that's the end of your testicles <laughs> yeah. when they explode yeah. by
4: yeah. the way i just imagine like they're like oh grapefruits now come back with the size of a basketball yeah, Sorry, yeah we can't see you if it's just a grapefruit size. Well,
1: <laughs> right? well there are those guys that have this thing called um what the heck is it called massive scrotal edema look that one up um, Dr. Scott. And these people will have nuts that go down to their knees Jesus. and they have to have a cart. But it's not their testicles that are swelling. It's their scrotum that's swelling. It's a different thing. Their testicles are all compressed and they're probably the size of a pea. Oh,
4: wow. It's
1: really a different, you know, organ or different um, entity altogether, because the ones we're talking about here, the actual testicles are swelling in that the scrotum uh, gets edematous because of uh Disrupted lymphatic flow. Mm. You know, you can you can pump fluid in, but you can't get it back out again. I see. And they'll just get bigger and bigger oh, and bigger. Man. Google. Uh, if, if you want to see something interesting, just Google image massive scrotal edema. Um, of course, nobody listening to the radio can can see it, but I was. Um, I was, okay, Scott's just in outer space. No, no, okay, no. That's oh, wait! Well, I'm just waiting for you to, for you to stop talking. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to say something. <laughs> well, forget it. I got nothing. Oh, well, that. hell with you. Oh, hell yeah, with you. All right. Um, if you find some pictures, show them to Cliff.
4: I'd love to see.
2: Some I did of these. find one case of a guy with a scrotum. Um, they weighed it at 32 kilograms, which is 66 some, 66 pounds. some pounds. So that's 2.2 pounds, pounds no, per no, kilo. Yep. No.
1: That- how many kilos? Uh, 32. We haven't given uh, Echo anything to do. Echo, what's 32 times 2.2? 2. 2. 32
3: multiplied by 2.2 2 equals 70.4.
1: 70.4 pounds oh my of God. testicles. God. And his his was related to uh, lymphedema. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so lymphedema is where you have, um, you know, we we have this other circulatory system. It's clear lymphatic fluid. And uh, it often parallels the regular um, circulatory system, but it's separate. And when you have a situation where you can um, pump fluid into an area but then can't pump it back out, it's got nowhere to go, right. just it continues to build up. We use that to our advantage, men do, when we get an erection because we're closing down the the ports that yeah. release um, uh or you know allow blood to flow back into the circulatory system while we're still pumping blood into the penis right. and then uh, <gasps> yeah <laughs> so oh my God. yeah yes. cliff is now seeing the picture of mass- massive scrotal edema i highly recommend that everybody uh, google image that yes poor gentleman his testicles are the size of a of a
4: That's legitimately the size of a beanbag. I mean, a beanbag chair, you mean. But his actual testicles are just – they're super small. They're super small in there, yeah. They're probably
0: dead.
1: Oh, man. Oh, yeah, they're dead. And there's no way he can get to his penis. So what they have to do – you know, the the, um, area around where the penis normally would emerge is now subsumed by this giant scrotum. So when they pee, they just – and then water just sort of dribbles out from you know from the sides from a, a fold basically.
4: Yeah, I don't even see where. It, yeah,
1: yeah, it's no, it's gone. It's wow, it's in there. It's just massively involuted. So, but oh, they did they did oh. do the surgery, so they got it taken care of. Yeah, now is his, is his penis okay? Yeah, it looks like a,
2: he's got a catheter, and that's never okay. Ooh, uh, Jesus.
1: Yeah poor bastard. Yeah. That just sort of stopped us cold. Yeah, well. <laughs> we were having a good conversation and we are like, oh God. Yeah, if anyone
2: has ever had, if any male has ever had a catheter, I can't speak for the females, but for a male, it's... Oh yeah. No, I left the fire. scene of a, of a
1: crime. Yep. It wasn't really a Dr. crime. Dr. Steve broke, was breaking, the law, breaking I, the law. I broke the law because I just had a, it wasn't a catheter, but it was a, a worse fiber optic either. scope. Yeah, yeah oh, you've had that, right, Scott? Fuck yeah, hell. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Terrible. Uh, so I had uh, blood in my semen. It's called hematospermia. And it only happened one time. But you want to just make, you know, my rule is if you see blood coming from an mm-hmm. orifice it's not supposed to come from, you need to get it checked out at least once. Yeah. And then you can blow it off after that. And uh, <clears throat> so these uh, urologists have this fiber optic scope. It's this long, thin, shiny black tube. With, that they can look in one end and, you know, it's got the fiber optics so they can image inside things. And uh, they go, oh, no, it's fine. We'll we'll put this anesthetic gel on on it. And they put it on the tip. It just makes them feel better. It doesn't make you feel better <laughs> because I felt every bit of that. And oh, it felt God. like they, they took razor blades, you know, like a tube, and like there were little razor blades sticking out from it. And that's yeah. what it felt like because your urethra is not used to – to touching anything other than urine or semen right you know every once in a while blood but that's it maybe some saliva yeah. you know at the you know at well, the tip right, and right, stuff right, yeah. but but um <laughs> but it's uh it's not used to that and it really and it i went I f- after he pulled it out and that anesthetic gel did nothing and by the way if you have to have this done this is not to discourage you i you know i scott and i talk it up it sucked it's horrible it, it was horrible I, I have to you, gotta, you have to do what you got you to, to do and it, it, yeah. it sucked for yeah. you know a, a few minutes right and um, and it's worth doing so I wouldn't dis- I would absolutely do it again um, I might see if they could figure out a different way yeah. to, uh, like, to anesthetize you a little bit. Yeah, I was
2: going to say, like a general anesthesia would well, have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be insane. That
1: ideal, but... Uh, I think the risk would weigh, far outweigh the benefit on that, but it no, seems I like don't they don't could know, take... Like a smaller fucking camera. Or, yes, or just have gel in a like a bulb and then squirt it up mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. Oh, bef- yeah. and let it sit for a minute. Right, before they shove it Because it doesn't work immediately. The, you know... They, they put it on this, the tip of this and thing, and then just on. jam yeah. it right up there. And yeah. it, there's no time for it to numb. And mine never yeah. did numb. Oh, and, man. You know, maybe it would have been worse, but it was so bad that as I was pulling out, I ran into – I bumped into somebody's car. And I just got out, and I looked. And I didn't – I promise you, I, <clears throat> if I'd seen any damage, I would have stayed. But I didn't see any damage. Looked. For about thirty seconds, said I got to get the hell out of here, yeah. and so uh, <clears throat> I went home and laid down because I was still felt like I was pissing razor blades, even though I wasn't pissing. And then you know, ding dong, and there's the police, <laughs> and somebody saw me do it and got my my uh, tag number, and he had a photograph that showed that the um, like the rear uh, light was was busted, and it was like it, I said that's on the wrong side, right. And, That's, that's not where I hit them, but because I left, I couldn't, you know, it was their word against mine, but I ended up paying, you know, 1200 bucks for something that they had done before and just decided to pin on me, man. So don't leave the scene of an accident, even when it's nothing and, um, talk to your urologist about (laughs) what can they do about getting you a little bit better uh, pain relief when they're doing that.
3: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. When you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: But anyway, where were we? What were we talking about? Oh, the catheter.
2: Mm. Yeah. Catheter. Yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah. But anyway, the guy, the guy looked, appeared intact. So. Yeah. Post surgical. Yeah. Catheter. It does yeah. suck. It yeah. does suck.
1: All right. Now Cliff you've been you've had an issue recently. I have.
4: Yes. Let's uh,
1: talk about that. This is our Christmas show so we might as well talk about exploding testicles. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and whatever Cliff's got on
4: his mind. Well, you know, and I and I'm not sure if it can be described as PTSD, but you know, you know, you mentioned before, you know, I've let done, us do
1: the diagnosis,
4: right, right. <laughs> like, well, you know, in previous years, you know, I've you know done comedy, I've been very social, I've gone out, and, you know, done you know done the thing, whatever yeah, it was. But sure. in the last, I'd yeah, say have you uh, opened for uh, Vic Henley. R- yeah, and that was a which I, was I, awesome, by the way. Uh, he was that was a great that was a great time that was a really good time, but. Um, and you know, and honestly I haven't even done stand up and since then I have not done a single th- I've not gotten on stage and I think this problem has contributed to that but I think I had gotten so consumed with like, you know, the news and there was like a lot of mass shootings and stuff. And I realized that Well, you
1: were working at a news station when at this time, right? Or am I wrong about that? Did um I...
4: well, I was working in I was doing news related things uh, because I was working on campus at their news station and then I oh, okay. went over to an actual news station as well. So okay. kind of So you were immersed immer- in a... Exactly. Yeah. I was immersed and I realized that I was afraid to leave my house like I was afraid to go out in public like I posted on my Facebook recently that I have not been inside of Walmart since September mm-hmm. and yeah. and that's the longest I've ever gone and I I realized that I was terrified to go inside of you know stores that mm-hmm. had a lot of people and I was like man I've not even gone downtown to, to have a drink I mean it's fine I was drinking a lot but like uh, yeah. you know I, I don't do anything anymore and mm-hmm. so it's just been this crazy thing where I've almost been afraid of my own shadow no dude no. I totally went through this yeah,
1: okay. I've talked about it on the show, so i'm not just going to me too so but and it was crippling when I had it yeah. so i'll tell you my story okay. and then um i am I'm, I'm actually over it, so you will get over this okay. if you but there's a specific technique that you have to use uh what you're getting is incipient agoraphobia okay, and uh, this is how it happens people will um i'll talk about it in general and i'll talk about my case people will um uh, and, and this is just sort of a sort of a blanket description of agoraphobia. Uh, someone will start having maybe a panic attack when they're, um, when they go to you know the post office, so they just don 't go to the post office anymore that 's no big deal right. so you know i 'm not going to the post office every time I go in there I get a panic attack mm. then Of course, that doesn 't make the syndrome go away, so now it happens when they go to the grocery store. Mm so they don't go to the grocery store anymore and then it happens when they're driving on the highway so they don't drive on the highway anymore and their world (laughs) starts to contract until their whole world is um, in the worst cases just in their bedroom because they can't Mm -hmm. even leave their bedroom um this is a very severe form of uh, a panic disorder i had it i'll tell you my what happened to me i was happy-go-lucky just you know uh I, I used to walk around New Orleans in the worst parts of the city at four in the morning, drunk off my ass, never even think about it, right. you know, yeah. and uh, nev- never had a problem. And so, you know, I felt like I was invincible. And uh, I was in my apartment and in uh, Chapel Hill and my wife's sister was over and we heard a noise on the back porch. And I always left my back porch door window open, you know, just um Air conditioning was expensive. I was poor. And so I left the, the door open. And we heard something on the back. And She said, is the dog out there? And I said, I don't know. I'll go look. And I go out. And there's this guy on my black, back porch, oh. right? Now, he didn't have a gun. He didn't have anything. He was just standing there. And I didn't find out till later we had a peeping Tom in the in the neighborhood, oh. and it was him. Mm. But at the time, I didn't know who he was or why he was there. It just surprised me because I was expecting to see a dog, and I see a dude standing right. there. Ugh. And I was just like, yeah, hey, what's up? And he just went, yeah, man, like that. And just, you know, no, like, oh, you know, not, none of that. Just total calm. Uh, yeah, man. And then he just kind of turned around and real slowly walked away. And I don't know what it was about that, but it punctured that balloon uh, of you know, that illusion of safety mm-hmm. that I had.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, and I started getting panicky. I was everywhere, you know, and I, I, I got to where if I went out, I was going to have horrible anxiety. I had to go to the emergency room a couple of times cause I literally thought I was dying. What I was doing was hyperventilating. I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and we'll talk about those symptoms too. And, um, Uh, I was getting ready to go to medical school. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to go to school. You know, I had gotten in at that point. And that probably contributed to this as well a little bit, you know, just the the life change that was coming. And when I'd walk down the street, if there was a crowd of people, I would say, I'm walking. I know murderers and people like that have walked right where I'm walking. And I wanted to scream at everybody around me. You all are fooling yourselves if you think you're safe. You know, there's murderers all around us, and uh, you guys are just going about your business. What's wrong with you? You know, of course, I was the one who had the problem. And um, uh, so uh, I I went to counseling, and that helped a little bit. But what really helped me the most was not ever, and I don't know where I had the strength to do this because so many people can't pull this off, but I just, you know, maybe it was just necessity because I was working. I had to go to work. Yeah. And uh, there wasn't any other option, and I had to uh, go to school and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And um, I just never allowed it to keep me from doing stuff. I still went to the movies, even though I was intensely mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I forced myself to go. I forced myself to hang out with friends. And I'll tell you where I got cured. And this is be- – and it sounds like you're – you know, agoraphobia is similar to mine in that, you know, you don't like being in a room with right. a bunch of people. Yeah. and um So I was at the North Carolina State Fair, and I went there because uh, they—I was working at the TV station, I think, at the time. Or no, I don't know why, but I knew that they had five days worth of fireworks they had to shoot off because it rained for the last four days, and this was the last night of the state fair in Mm nineteen eighty, eighty-one, eighty-two, something like that. And uh, so they had—and I liked fireworks more than I was worried about my anxiety. And, again, I was really trying to force myself to just confront it all the time so that I knew my body would—I figured my body would eventually learn it wasn't going to kill me. Because Mm -hmm. that's what it is. Sure, You know. Uh, So um, at the end of the fireworks thing, which was awesome, by the way, the finale, you know, where they shoot off everything, went on for like 10, 15 minutes, and it was incredible. It was just— the sky was just lit up. It was a really awesome uh, uh, display, and so my adrenaline was already up anyway. Uh, just from that, as we're walking out, there's 10,000, maybe more, people trying to get out of one door in the fence, right? So I was surrounded in a sea of people. I couldn't see anything but people. There were people in front of me, behind me, and I was just, you know, it was shoulder to shoulder. We're all just trying to work toward that that uh door and my wife at the time looked at me and said are you okay and i went you know I, I, gotta to be, right? I gotta be yeah and at that moment it was like i either have to get better or i have to die right now mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. my brain decided it was going to get better and you know from that day forward i still had some anxiety for a long time i didn't like walking in front of an open window or a window that didn't have a shade on it yeah. that freaked me out Part of it was finding out this guy was a peeping Tom, but, right. you know, still that uh, that um, shell or that illusion of safety, you know, it had been stripped away. But that was it. Uh, you know, it, it got so much better. I never had another panic attack again. I still had anxiety from time to time, and I'm still a weirdo, you know. Uh, there, I could tell some stories about stuff that gets on my mind that i got to do something to resolve it or it drives me crazy. Like if I think somebody's mad at me, and there yeah. never are. They just right. didn't text me back. <laughs> right, yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, are they mad? What did I do? And I started mad. That kind of, I still have that. Yeah. That I can live with. But that crushing anxiety and the agoraphobia, I couldn't live with. And it, it eventually went away. So ch- continuing to challenge it is really the, is the key. Okay. If you allow it to, to win, it will win. <laughs> But if you don't allow it to win, it will lose eventually. But it takes time. and
4: it, it might take you one of those sort of trigger
1: events like yeah. that, you know.
4: Okay. But anyway. Well, thank you. That's uh, that's very – yeah, I would agree that that is basically ex- exactly what I'm going through. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I've got a couple of articles for you. Uh, there's one in U.S. News calling putting agoraphobia behind you. And you don't have full-blown agoraphobia, but it, it's – you know, you've got a subset of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you don't want it to become full-blown. That's no, the key. That is yeah. the key because yeah. those are the – they're, they're so damaged. It. Yeah, identify and start working. Just knowing it. what yeah. it is. Yeah. It helps a lot just having a name for it. Now, I'll give you a technique because so many people out there suffer from anxiety, and we've done this before, called square breathing. mm mm-hmm. You may have even been here before before this happened, but you just didn't pay attention to this. Now <laughs> right. it's a little more relevant. <laughs> now it's relevant. Right. Now it's relevant. <laughs> so one of the things that causes the symptoms of um, these panic syndromes is the heart pounding, the tingling around the mouth, the tingling of the hands, the feeling faint, and that's all caused by hyperventilation. But you go, well, I'm not breathing fast. Mm. And uh, what my doctor at the time told me was you don't have to breathe fast by your definition. You just have to breathe faster than your body is needing you to to keep your carbon dioxide level where it's supposed to be. And what you're doing, if you breathe one time a minute more, you know, if if the body needs you to to breathe at 12 times a minute, and you breathe at 14 because of the anxiety. You'll actually blow off carbon dioxide, and your carbon dioxide level in your in your bloodstream will drop. And that's what causes the physical symptoms of anxiety, mm-hmm. other than the adrenaline. Okay. But the adrenaline is what causes the hyperventilation. Then it becomes a vicious cycle because as the more you hyperventilate, the more anxious you get. Yeah. And then that you know the more adrenaline you pump out, the more you hyperventilate, and it just you know you spiral into infinity. Right. So if we could break one half of that vicious cycle you get better all right so this is what you do you have to increase the carbon dioxide in your bloodstream now there's two ways to do that one puts a target on your back and that's having a uh, like a paper bag and breathing into it. So ah. if, like if you're on the subway and you're getting anxious because <laughs> you're on the subway and then you pull out a paper bag and start right. breathing, everybody knows. Yeah, they know that. You've yeah. just put a target on your back. okay? And uh, most people leave you alone, but the people who aren't going to leave you alone, they're going to spot you and you're the one they're going to go after. Okay. okay. Now, So <clears throat> you can do that, and what that does is as you exhale carbon dioxide, into the bag and then you re-inhale it the carbon dioxide level in your body's got to go up so it's very effective but it looks stupid so here's the better way to do it it's called square breathing and uh we'll do it right here uh and and do this with me uh you don't have to you're you're an adult it's a free country but i'm just saying if you want to you can do this with me so we're gonna breathe in for four beats okay so we're gonna go now we're gonna hold it for four beats now exhale for four beats, hold it for four beats and then repeat. Now, if you do that, first off, you can do that. You don't have to snap and look, you know, you can just count in your head. No one will ever know you're doing it unless you're having a conversation. And right. then, you know, it's kind of hard to have a conversation that way, but you know, um, no one will see you do it. No one knows what you're doing. So that's sort of empowering. And there's no way you can hyperventilate when you're only inhaling or exhaling one-fourth of the time. It's impossible. So three-quarters of the time, you know, three beats of four, you're not inhaling. And three beats out of four, you're not exhaling. So you can't hyperventilate. And your carbon dioxide levels will immediately rise. And within a minute of doing that, all those physical symptoms will go away if you do it right. Cool. But it takes some discipline when you're having a full-blown panic attack yeah. to sit there and count four beats, and you know. But once you have done it successfully, and you see how well it works, that gives you some power over it. Cool. You know, and uh, but try that next time, and then uh, I'll send you some articles. Thank you. Thank you so, Thank anyway, you so much. Yeah, I hope this you is... get better because anytime yeah. someone calls in and they've got this, I really empathize with them because it was horrendous for me the other thing that made me feel better was there was a medication called combid could you look that up and see what was in that it's no longer on the market c-o-m-b-i-d sure uh dr scott it was Composine and something else and it's a non-addictive um tranquilizer but we use it for nausea mm-hmm. so uh Compazine was uh, uh prochlorperazine or is it perfenazine no it's prochlorperazine um and then Phenergan is promethazine. Okay, yeah, all right. So prochlorperazine was um, um, originally designed as an antipsychotic. But the good thing about them is, unlike Valium, and so, so that's the problem. People get down Xanax, it works great. yeah. But you, you, you develop tolerance to it more and mm-hmm. more and more, and you get ha- habituated to it. So mm-hmm. it's hard to get off of it. The good thing about this ComBid stuff at the time, and they gave it to me because I, one of my symptoms was just horrendous nausea on top of everything mm-hmm. else. Uh, when I took one, all oh, oh, my symptoms went away. I, I, as a matter of fact, I functioned normally on this stuff. I could do anything, and I didn't get that anxiety. And I only took a few doses of it, but that's really all it took because just knowing that I could feel normal again helped with my recovery. Because I I knew, hey, you know what? I don't have to live like this. This can be beaten, you know? Okay. So that was pretty cool. Did you find that stuff? All all I see is is Prochlorperazine.
2: Yeah, Yeah. but you can't find Combid? That's what it says under Combid. Oh, is that really? The the Maker, the Maker, Smith, Klein, and French.
1: Is that right? So there was nothing else
2: in it? What I'm seeing here, Prochlorperazine.
1: Huh, okay. And I'm not telling you that. So that's just Composine. <clears throat> yeah,
2: I'm, I mean, I'm looking at other websites. That's all I can find, though.
4: Okay. Wow. You know, it's um, I'm. It's so interesting. You brought up the you know driving down the highway thing because I had to get on the interstate to get here today. Yeah. And it actually, this is, I mean, maybe for the last two month or so, I've been okay with getting back on the interstate. Yeah. But I haven't left Tennessee basically this entire year. Yeah. Mm. Because of that. <laughs> mm. Um, and I've recently been able to be like, all right, get on the road. It's fine. Yeah, um, but I'm going to try this this uh, square breathing. I've never yeah, heard of that. It. That's uh, very interesting.
1: I have a family member who has a phobia about getting on the highway, so that's kept him or her from driving. Yeah, you know where, places that they really want to go. Right. Yeah. You know? for sure. And they they will get on the highway and then sometimes turn around. I really hope they get better because that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, ComBid now looks like it's an HIV drug. So they've uh, co-opted the name because mm-hmm. it's no longer uh, on the market uh, as that other. Mm. So that's why we're having trouble finding it. Okay. But it was it was basically uh, prochlorperazine, which is uh, Composine. All right. Well, very good. Um, oh, what is this? Oh, never mind. Now, see, that's that's my ADD. i am just seeing things. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys want to take some medical questions? We've got about 10 minutes left. Let's do it. All right. Here we go.
2: Number one thing. Don't take advice from some asshole on the radio.
1: All right. Hello? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, this is very professional.
2: Why? This is what they call dead air.
0: (laughs) I'm listening to your program about the flu shots, and
5: I just wanted to add that now they have flu shots without any preservatives in them. You can get them at Walgreens, and you, I got it at my doctor's office. Yep. So that takes away the the discussion about the aluminum. Thank or you, mercury. I really enjoy your program.
1: Thank okay. you, thank you. Uh, she's absolutely right. Um, single dose vials of um, vaccines will not have preservatives in them. The only reason they have them in the multi dose vials is because you know you can introduce a you know a couple of bacteria, and then you're shooting people up with bacteria laden vaccine. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, but if you ask for a single-dose vial, there will be no preservatives in it at all. Hmm. So, for people that are worried about that, um, we, you know, our position has been that the preservatives are not the issue, but if you, that's okay. If you can't get past the idea that preservatives, um, you know, are in your vaccines, then just ask for the preservative-free versions. It's totally fine.
4: You know, I've never thought of that, but... I I didn't realize you could request a preservative. For, like, I didn't realize that was something you could even do. Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah I think a lot of people are are not aware of that. Yeah. So, yeah, if they'll just get single-dose vials, it won't have any preservatives. There's no reason to put a preservative in it. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very good. Thank you for calling that in. That's great. Let's see.
5: Cool. Hey, Dr. Steve. First time, long time. Hey, man. Uh, so you were just talking about... Um, Poison ivy and people misinterpreting it spreading up their arm uh, with actual just uh, intensity of insult to the affected areas.
1: Yeah, he's right. So just so everybody's up to speed. We were talking about this sort of illusion that poison ivy spreads. It starts on your hand and then hits Mm -hmm. your wrist and then goes up uh, to your arm. And it's not really spreading. What's happened is, is that the place that came out first might have gotten... Ten parts per billion exposure, and then the wrist maybe five, and then up the arm maybe one, and they all will will have the reaction. But the 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 more um, the higher the concentration of the um, antigen that hits your skin will come out first. So it looks like it's spreading, but there's actually it's not like you scratched it and then somehow scratched it up, unless you're nasty and you haven't taken a bath and the oil because poison ivy is an oil. Okay. And um, I- if it's still on your skin and you've never washed that area after three days when the poison ivy comes out and then you scratch it, yes, you could spread the the not oil not around. The oil. Okay. And it can stay on clothes pretty <laughs> oh, indefinitely, yeah. so you got to wash them. And, <laughs> yep, and dogs. Yep, and dogs. And it can actually – people say, well, I just walked by it and I get poison ivy. They're not lying, actually. Mm. Um, poison ivy on a real still hot day because it's an oil, it's volatile, and it will – disperse into the air and it'll sit there as a cloud and you can literally can walk through it and people who are really sensitive to it can get it that way. Jesus.
2: I got last winter well, you remember we had that huge snow last winter, that fourteen inches of snow. Yeah. And um I was having to cut some trees out in my backyard and shit two days later, three days later I got poison Ivy oh, wow. all over both my arms and
1: hands. Wow. Like, did shit. we treat you with steroids that time? I don't remember. No, right. no. I just okay. I did some topical stuff, thank goodness, yeah. yeah. Jesus <clears throat> Not a fan, by the way, if you have poison ivy. This is really a Christmas show. Who's going to get poison ivy this time of year but Scott? (laughs) I did. Yeah, Yeah, I did. Just call me Lucky. That's Mr. Lucky. Mr. Lucky. um, Don't use the topical Benadryl. No. Topical Benadryl actually is sensitizing itself. So when you put Benadryl, which is diphenhydramines and antihistamine, on your skin, sometimes it can cause a rash, an itchy rash of its own.
4: Oh, shit. So if you're going to
1: take... If you're itching, take it by mouth. Mm-hmm. And um, I know people don't do it because it causes dry mouth and sleepiness and that kind of stuff. Now your primary care provider can uh, provide you with a, um, uh, a couple of different anti-itch medications that are less sedating uh, than um, than uh, diphenhydramine. But that you can at least buy over the counter. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. So let me see what what. So now we got all, we're all up to speed. Let's see what his question.
5: It made me think when I was a kid. I used to get poison oak. I grew up out in California. I got poison oak all the fucking time. And I was so allergic that every time I would get it, it would literally spread to most of my body. Yeah, me too. And I would get it in places like my scalp behind
1: Yeah, nutsack. Um, I had a friend, uh, Bruce Donahue, and he and I had uh, this thing called the Cashier's um, Agricultural Labor Company. (laughs) And we were just two. 15 year olds trying to make money we've got a buck 60 an hour i think if that and uh, we would sling blade people's uh, um hills yeah, mm-hmm.
4: yeah
1: and uh with these damn swing blades and you know now you'd use a machine to do it but we'd get out there with these damn sling blades and you would sling that stuff all over you we would add poison oh, ivy shit. everywhere shit.
5: <laughs> my ears you know places that i wasn't getting exposed to the poison oak at all. Yeah, you weren't. I would uh, often have to go to the hospital to get, you know, cortisone shots and stuff to to bring down the swelling. So what the fuck? Was I just, you know, bathing in poison oak or rolling around in it Yeah. get it all over the place? Well,
1: I don't know that you were rolling around in it, but um, how? I guess he really didn't say how he got his exposure. But, Mm. um, again, it's a volatile gas or can become – it's a – it's a volatile oil that can become a gas, and it can go anywhere where this, you know, those molecules can go. So, yeah, you damn sure don't want to burn it. No, no, it's uh, stable in heat too. So when you burn it, it's a problem. You don't want to wipe mm-hmm. your ass with it if you're out in the woods. You to learn to identify it. Yep. So it makes a really pretty flower, though. I had one that uh, a vine of poison ivy that was going up a tree in my yard, and it was so huge the the um, The stem, whatever, uh, was, you know, probably an inch and a half across. Oh, wow. And when it got up to the top, it made this real big sort of fleshy-looking flower. I'd never seen anything like it. I had Hmm. no idea poison ivy flowered anyway. I didn't either. But, but yeah, that's what you were doing.
5: Or was it legitimately spreading? Nope. Like uh, you said it didn't
1: do? Well, if I said it didn't do it, then that can't be it. (laughs) All right. Let's see here. So yeah, we had um, another uh, news story about plant-based diets, and I, I want to just—we did this call once before, but it's good to just talk about this every once in a while.
0: I'm mean, mad a, at everything. Look, look, huh? Scott's got an update. Hey, got a quick question for you. I'm not sure exactly if this is right or not. But I went to go see my diabetes doctor, my endocrinologist, and she was smart enough to ask me, not tell me or demand that I do something, but she asked me if I would consider going on a more plant-based diet. And so, for the last four or five days, I've been trying that, just trying to stay away from bread and everything else. But holy shit, am I just mad? Huh. That didn't. Been- I mean, I get mad at everything real easy. Is that normal, and will that subside? I think,
1: you know, the anger comes probably... um, Well, first I want to know how you're implementing a plant-based diet. If you feel like you're depriving yourself of stuff, that causes stress and anxiety, and that could cause some anger. Uh, You need to be on a balanced plant-based diet. You don't need to be missing things. You know, your body before was probably used to these big spikes of... of, um, Carbohydrates, that because he said he took out bread too. That's part of it, didn't he say that? Yes, he did. That's yeah. part of yeah. a plant-based diet. You yep. can have some bread. Well, unless
2: she's concerned about his carbohydrates or his gluten. Well, and that's and a different thing. You know, it. if you want it's to different. put them on a low-carb yep. diet or gluten-sensitive
1: diet or something. So. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. There's gluten-free bread, and you can have potatoes and True. stuff like that. I mean, potatoes are plant. Just you don't want to. Eat, you know, it, it's bad. They say kids in in the United States now are eating more vegetables than ever before, but it's potatoes, mm-hmm. you know, it's French fries, mm-hmm. and that's not. So that's more plant based stuff, but it's not necessarily, uh, you know, the best thing for you. But anyway, you yeah. found something about this because uh, I'm a big fan of the Beyond Meat. Mm-hmm. I found it in our grocery store finally in the meat oh. department, and it it's in a pack looks just like hamburger, and so I made. Mm-hmm. Um, what the, I, You know, I made something out of it. Oh, spaghetti sauce or something. Uh, no, hell no. That's not right. I made meatballs. I used my regular meatball recipe, and I made it with the Beyond Meat meat. Mm-hmm. And it even looks. It looks like it, yeah. They got the texture absolutely yep. right. Oh, wow. The flavor is mostly there. Yep. And, you know, if I made a burger out of it, I could probably tell with these, uh, with the Beyond Meat. Mm-hmm. But the second that you're putting thyme and basil and mm. garlic yep. and all that stuff into, you know, you cannot tell that it's not meat.
2: Mm. No, and I, I, I do the same one. I made some sliders the other day with it. They made like a vegan, um, gluten-free slider with those beyond, um, beyond beyond Meat burgers. And I also use their sausages, too, which I love. I make oh, like a, an that, Italian sausage the, with the, it. The oh, sausage man. is basically
1: Italian sausage. Yeah. So. Uh, we bought it. They're um, fabulous. It's, you know, beyond sausage, they call yep. it. And they when you look at them, you don't know if they're brats or what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're basically Italian sausage. Mm-hmm. And the second we tasted that, I was like, oh, I know exactly what to do with this. So I cut them up into slices. And then mm. um, sauté them. That's what I did. Yeah. You know, Toss them with some garlic and butter, or just olive oil if you if you want to go full vegan. And some black, uh, uh, some crushed peppers. Yes, crushed yeah, peppers. Absolutely. In there, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, throw it in some marinara and put that over, oh. uh, you know, uh, pasta. Or I put it over um, that lentil pasta. Have you had that.
4: Mm-hmm. That's had amazing. That, you
1: know- and the cauliflower shells are. And I can't tell they're not pasta, and they don't kill me mm-hmm. like regular. Pasta yeah. does. Yeah. I'm Excuse me. And there's
2: an artichoke pasta too that I love. It's unbelievable. It's oh, just, I haven't had yeah, that. It's wonderful. Yeah.
1: So, but these things are really mimicking actual pasta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when you do um, when you do zucchini, f- you know, um, fettuccine, mm-hmm. it's it's just zucchini. It's That's not just, fooling you. No. Yeah. But this stuff, I can't tell. Yeah, that it's, that just, it's not actual pasta. I don't know how the hell like they're it. doing it.
2: No. You know, Doctor C, I I just thought I thought it was an interesting. Um, little topic here it's, it's talking about plant-based meat market forecast to reach 85 billion dollars in 10 years what's now, the
1: regular meat market well
2: and I, I didn't look that up but they're, they're they're saying that right now it's growing by at least 25 percent per
1: year yeah wow. my um, beyond burger uh, stock did very well for me till yeah. uh, i think somebody said that they thought that there was some uh, chemical in it that was a carcinogen and the stock st- 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 you know it Tanked. I wanted to tell my broker buy more but she more, sold yeah, it
4: yeah.
1: <sighs> you know well, I still yeah. made money but right. that's the time to when when there's a false story about mm-hmm. something in the stock tanks buy because yep. <laughs> yeah. it's going yeah. to go the, go the go company up, yeah. didn't change it's right. going to go right back up yeah,
2: yeah beyond meats their stock
1: went up 700% jesus yeah. yeah she thought i was crazy and i'm like no i'm telling you this is going to be huge
4: mm-hmm.
1: um okay so the united states is projected to produce 27 billion pounds of beef in 2019 uh, it doesn't say how much uh, how much that is. How much is the meat industry worth? Okay, the value was estimated at $4.5 What did you say for that? They said $85 billion. Billion. In, in billion. With a B, Buffalo. Over
2: 10 years? In, in the next 10 years. Well, no out. wonder
1: the meat guys are freaking
2: out. Right. That. That's a pretty big share that they're taking from them. Yeah, it's $11 billion. With Beyond Meat, that's what their, I guess, their stock was up to. And they had never made a profit until
1: just recently. Wow. Nine billion chickens, 32.2 million cattle and calves, 241 million turkeys, 2.2 million sheep. It's just a holocaust out there. 121 million hogs and poor old hogs. Well... Golly! Hey,
2: hey, Steve, remember we did this years and years and years.
1: Twenty-six point three billion pounds of beef. (laughs) Hey, wow! But you
2: remember years ago we talked about how many chicken wings were consumed on Super Bowl Sunday? So I I googled that again. (laughs) One point two five billion chicken wings. That's eight million pounds of and eight million pounds of guacamole all turned into human
1: feces within twenty four hours.
2: Super Bowl Sunday. Man. That's 28
1: million pounds of Well, you just chips. think of it. Just think Crazy. of chicken wings. So uh, we live in a small town. I mean, it's not really a city, but, yeah. I, you know, I, I guess it's a really, really small we'll city say, yeah. or a large town. Um, everywhere you go, you can get chicken wings. Yep. Yep. everywhere yeah, you everywhere. go everywhere it's a mainstay um you can get chicken uh, well if we stick with wings so you got KFC and then you got Popeyes and you got all these other places these wing places plus the grocery store plus lots of restaurants serve wings and
2: every local restaurant every and chain this is just one town
1: in the United States so mm-hmm. how many towns are there in the United States and it's just this endless <laughs> supply of these chicken wings and these poor chickens yep you know when you think about it i mean it is a chicken holocaust yes, yeah it is. Yes,
2: I think that's what got the G don't you? They're going to, yeah, it did. Yeah, it really got to him big time. Yep,
1: they're going to just rip our arms off and fry them and eat them. Yep. So this is when you it's think for of the, football. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> think <laughs> of the sheer numbers.
2: <laughs> it's just
1: insane. taking one for the team. It's yeah. mind-boggling. <laughs> we can't even conceive of a billion. No. No. Right. And if you take the, a pen cap and you enlarge it a billion times, you can fit the sun in it. And the reason why that's not it doesn't Isn't as stunning as it should be, is we can't conceive of how unbelievably huge the sun is. Right. Yeah. You know? But anyway. All right. So So, I am not advocating that Beyond Meat right now is healthier than meat. I'm not, I don't know that it is. We don't know yet. Uh, I'm going to guess it's a wash. Um, It might be slightly healthier because of less trans fat. Mm-hmm. Trans fat bad. Trans everything else totally cool with, but um, uh, you know. It, it, so there may be that, but the, as far as calories and how much protein and how much fat you're getting, it's basically the same. Hmm. I'm just hoping it's better fat. I don't have a a, a good analysis. That's something be nice to have. Some, maybe somebody from their company break it down. That would not be unbiased, but we would be unbiased,
4: mm-hmm.
1: right? But I think it's fascinating. But it, as far as the ch- the cattle and chicken holocaust it is you know but we got to worry there's a whole lot of people making you know who have jobs right dairy farms um cattle farms chicken farms you know they've been handed down from generation to generation you know what do we do if if somehow this encroached to the point where we're putting those people out of business we don't want to do that we still want to produce so i don't know the answer <clears throat> i know that the meat guys would like to see this stuff not sold in the meat department right. or at least labeled separately because I really did when I found my Beyond Meat it was in the meat department in that refrigerated section where they got those little trays that are kind of at 30 mm-hmm. degrees or whatever and um, uh, it, there was you know Johnsonville sausage and then some ground somebody some brand ground beef and then this was right next to it, it looked just the same mm. yeah I could see somebody accidentally picking that up thinking yep. they were getting meat. So I, right. I I know in Wisconsin when I was a kid, you couldn't sell margarine with a yellow co- food coloring in it because margarine is just white fat yeah. spread, and they put yellow food coloring in it. And Wisconsin, since so it was a dairy state – You had to buy, they had to sell margarine. If you wanted margarine, they'd sell it to you, but you had to get a little capsule of yellow food coloring, and then you'd have to squirt that in and then mix it up your damn self. Oh, (laughs) wow. That was so crazy. (laughs) And I understand why they wanted that. You know, it's that guild mentality that, you know, we don't want people encroaching in on our business. For sure. But, uh, you know, uh, stuff moves on. Look at Blockbuster. You know, if you had stock in Blockbuster at one point, you were doing great. And then Mm -hmm. no one could have predicted. That it would all come crashing down in the space of just a couple of years. Yeah.
4: And they're going to have to learn some adaptability as well as far as, you know, the farmers and things like that. Like, what are some ways they can kind of make up some of those losses? Let them grow pot. I mean,
1: yeah. Legalize it. Let them grow pot. They'll make a ton. Absolutely. That gets them out of the tobacco thing and the burley and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, some people may want to transition to that. It's a heck of a lot easier than raising a bunch of cattle, I'd guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Now the prices will fall as 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 supply right. increases, but you know, right in the beginning, at least you think you could make a killing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. I'm a libertarian. I'm cool with whatever, but um, it is uh, uh, really fascinating. Uh, Doctor Scott and I are going to work up a song for. Um, next time this actually is our Christmas show but we might have a Christmas song next time Oh yeah. which will come right around the first of the year still in the holiday
4: Close that, enough. It still counts
1: yeah till January 6th which is 12th day is still the Christmas holiday right. and uh, what we're going to do is we're going to rework a song and I'm going to play it for you today but my friend Murray and I um, worked this song out about 20 years ago now I can't find it where the hell is it I just had it um, did I close? I am, a, I am an idiot. Um, we worked this out, and it, it was basically part of sort of like a radio play about this guy who um, wanted to be a, um, a country music star. And so he rents this crummy studio in like the um, you know, a, a back room of an AM radio studio. And we did these things, and they were purposely bad. And uh, as a matter of fact, I did a guitar solo on one of them that was so bad that he and I laughed um, um uh, hysterically because it was just it was just the right amount of bad yeah and uh if you are interested in this kind of thing, what go on YouTube and google uh Lester Roadhog Moran and the catalog cowboys uh Johnny Mac Brown High School live at the Johnny Mac Brown High School. And that's where Big Joe's intro comes from. This is from the Statler Brothers, this thing.
5: We're missing
3: contains mature contents that uh, may be offended to some listeners. Let me write well, <laughs> What did the do wrong then?
0: You know, your old house is like another. And
1: it actually takes some skill to play that bad. You have to be trying to miss yeah, notes, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You have yeah.
4: to know chord structure and things, that's right. Say, right you got
1: to know what the wrong notes so you got to know what the right ones are to play the wrong notes yeah. so that they're funny. But anyway, um, so here's that song. This is my friend, um, Murray Reams, who was one of the greatest percussionists I've ever met. He toured with Crack House, he toured with Don Preston all over the world, and uh, the guy was, um, was and is an incredible percussionist, and um. Just one of the funniest and most talented people I ever met. And with all that talent, this is what we came up with. (laughs) So uh, we're going to redo this in in Murray's honor because he's not doing music anymore, uh, maybe for next show, or maybe we'll save it for next uh, Christmas holiday. But here it is Heavenly Parole.
0: Well, Lord, you know it's hard to tell when the life of a man takes a downward turn. And all these messes I've been in, I just never seem to learn. I freely admit that I've made mistakes. Some things I couldn't help. And Lord, what I was going through was nothing less than hell. Now, Lord, I know that I'm prone to drink and other enemies of the soul. And I know that's why I ended up in this God-forsaken hole. But when I lost my job and my wife got sick, Lord, what else could I do? I could take a whole lot, but I couldn't stand there and watch my children with no shoes. So I got me my gun. And I took me a ride down to the convenience mart. How could I have known when I came back out that my pickup wouldn't start? And the manhunt didn't last too long. They found me hiding down by the creek. Now here I sit at Christmas time, and there's just one thing that I see. Lord, get me out of prison for Christmas, lift me from this dark and dirty hole, let me see my dying wife and my starving kids, place me on your heaven. They're probably hanging the Christmas lights on the trailer door tonight, and they're probably baking cookies and singing Silent Night, and their mama paints up her pale face and tries to stand up strong and tell them, though their daddy loved them, that what he did
4: was wrong.
0: light that's reminding me of that old star that once did shine so bright, that led the wise men from their ancient home so far away to worship at the manger where the baby Jesus lay, and the spirit of that Christmas, Lord, is still alive today. I've seen it take the worst of men and change their evil way. And I've changed too, Lord, in my ways. This I do believe. And that's why I make this one request on this blessed Christmas Eve. Lord, get me out of prison for Christmas.
5: Christmas. Lift me from this dark
0: and dirty hole Let me see my dying wife and starving kids Place me on your heaven. Lift me from this dark and dingy hole Let me see my dying wife and my starving kids Place me on your heavenly parole Oh Lord, make me feel like Christmas in In my soul oh Lord yes make me feel like Christmas
1: Right, gentlemen thank you happy holidays happy, happy holidays merry happy christmas holidays. happy kwanzaa happy boxing day happy did I say hanukkah already happy festivus festivus for the rest of us there you go yeah. anyway it's great hanging with you and cliff welcome back man thank you I hope so we glad get to, to do back. this more yes um, we can't forget rob sprance bob kelly greg hughes anthony kumia jim norton travis teft lewis johnson paul charsky Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Ron Bennington, and Fez Watley, whose early support of this show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103. Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, On Demand, and other times at Jim McClure's Pleasure. Many thanks go to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website, drsteve.com, for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine.